about time for somebody's favorite radio program. And now, emanating from our basement studios. I've never seen contraptions with so many buttons and knobs and dials before. This is WADD Talk Radio with Bill Neville. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Now don't call me sure. Patrick Hinehan. I work with him and that's it. I tried to introduce him to a few nice people. He made a fool of himself. And Sean Hinehan. Grizzly Adams had a beard. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Okay. Let's go. Oh, yeah, baby. Back on the scene. Back in the podcast world. What up? What the hell was that? (laughs) That's my my podcast excited. Thing. Oh, I thought you were having a bowel movement. Well, Welcome to WADD Talk Radio. Guys, we made it to episode 60. Six wow. zero. Holy crap. We're almost at discount Dunkin' Donuts range. Oh, yeah? Senior citizens. Oh, yeah, you're right. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. 65. Uh, okay, I'll have a your small decaf. <laughs> Ma'am, why are you drinking coffee? <laughs> I don't get decaf coffee. I got to get out of bed. I don't get it. Same as O'Doul's, man. It's just for the taste. I guess so. But like, (laughs) like, yeah. Uh, I I don't get it either. Trust me. That's weird. Especially those people that get the half-calf. It's like, you only want want kind of a buzz? (laughs) No, I've gotten half-calf when like I stop by the Dunkin' Donuts down the street from here when when we're coming to do this. If if I'm tired from work, I'll get half-calf because if I drink a full coffee, I will be up all night. And it affects you that much? Yeah, and I I enjoy sleeping. So well, yeah, don't we all? Yeah, if I have caffeine past like four p.m., I'm I'm screwed. Wow, I'm really? screwed that night. It just it just stays in the system. Dude, it doesn't affect know? me anymore. Why. Like I could drink, I could slug a coffee at like eleven p.m. and I'd be fine. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. That is a little nuts. It's a little nuts. You know what yeah. else has been nuts is our two week break from this yeah. podcast. Yeah, sorry, folks. Oh yeah, they are just so let down right now. Sorry, they're, sorry they're, Big Yeah, we're right back on this. <laughs> right back on, baby. Um, but we're back in action. Yeah, we are. Uh, we are definitely back in action. And you know, I guess someone who's getting out of action has their final home game tonight at the Staples Center. Uh, number twenty-four for the Lakers, the Black Mamba, Kobe so, Bryant. Yeah. finally retiring after twenty years in the NBA. Go away. Dick. Really? He sucks. So the Celtics lifetime Celtics fan, you know, you're just he, trained. But to... he's, just, he's just such a dick, and he's such a selfish player. And it's, <sighs> he was really fucking good, no. though. He was really good. I'll give him that. But he's a very selfish player. Yeah, but like that's okay. Like in, I in like NBA, that about him. Yeah. He's the last true killer. Like the last true like stomp on your throat basketball yeah. player. Like Steph has a like, little bit of that, just like in his shooting and stuff like that. But like that killer mentality of just like I'm not. Literally like a, like a snake just squeezing the life out of their opponent. And the last thing you want to do is piss that person off. Yeah, and because they're just go off. I mean, he's not going to really go off tonight unless he maybe hits his first three, and then he's going to be like, oh, I'm feeling it tonight, and then he's going to jack up like 19 missed shots yeah, in a yeah. row. He'll go 8 for 24, yeah. and it'll just be horrible, and they'll lose by 40 like every other game. And right. it is kind of weird seeing the clips of him like, you know, mingling with Jay-Z and all of them and all that other stuff, and then like... This team is getting killed. Yeah, like, but killed. But you know what it just says? He's like Bill says, he's just the NBA. So, he thinks he's so above the team and so above. Well, because he is. You know? uh, yes, he is. But I, I, you don't say that kind of stuff. He doesn't say it. Yeah. Oh, yes, he does. If he was a true competitor, Give me a cl- he would. Oh, yeah. Sean, uh, Sean just, just broke everything. Christ Almighty! <laughs> if he was a true 
true competitor, he would be mad that he's losing these games. You know, he, what do you what do you get? What are you messing I mean, with? I mean, I'm sure he's. You gotta stop hitting the table. <laughs> well, I, it'd be nice if his mic cord were. Right? Hey, well, it was fine. Uh oh. There we go. Oh, Sean. What? It's not my Classic fault. Classic Sean. Definitely not my you fault. You good there? Blame it on Kobe if you want. Sure. Unless the Black Mama coming. I'll blame it on Kobe. Yeah, so did you hear the? Did you see the quote he uh, he came out with the, uh, the other day? Uh, it was it was either earlier today or it was yesterday, um, where he he was asked about like the 2004 team or 2003 team, whatever. After Shaq left, mm-hmm. and uh, he had said something. Uh, somebody asked him about how, how come you took so many shots during the season. He goes, "Well, what did you want me to do? Pass to Chris Mim or Kwame Brown?" Damn! It's <laughs> <laughs> like what a dick. Damn. I he's, mean, he's kind of right. But, I mean, hundred percent right. Sure, but that's the stuff. Remember Mark Madsen, Captain Hustle, that white guy number thirty-five yeah. in Lakers for all those years. No, Kobe, how my ass taste. Yeah, no. I listen. I get the Kobe hate, um, and there is a bit of uh, there's a lot of revisionist history, or like people that are like, oh, he's great. I mean, ESPN's. Uh, you know, really lapping everything up. I mean, I don't know if they remember what happened in Colorado all those years ago. Uh, yeah, but this is but, in their wheelhouse. Let's just take someone right. above. Screw what they do. Yeah. Like, let's just what they did with Floyd Mayweather. You know, like now let's just forget he let's beats have women. Stephen but... A. Smith do a walkthrough through his lavish apartment and yeah. not touch on the fact that he's a woman beater. Mm-hmm. And yet, you just launch ESPN. Yeah, ESPN is just the worst thing in the world. Oh my god, they're so bad. It's their hypocrisy and their. Do you, do you think the rape thing was kind of pushed off to the side, or people don't pay as much attention to it now because it you can use that outlet? And I don't agree with it, but that's like, oh, like she led him on, and then after the fact said it was a rape. Well, I you think know, to try I, to get money out of it, you know, because that does I think happen. That, that was the most headlining case of. That I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and like be a rape apologist or anything like that. I'm not. I I'm, sorry! Not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, that's that's fucked up. Yep. <laughs> um, but I think that case was the thing where he. I mean, he was vindicated. I mean, he went through a whole trial. Yep. He like a very widely publicized trial. Uh, he was dragged through the mud in uh, you know throughout the media for many years. But the trial never came to an end. He was they settled out of court or something like that. And then she, I guess the thing is, is that like yeah, she just after the fact it was consensual, and after the fact was like oh, I felt uncomfortable, and you know I didn't actually want it to happen. So now I'm going to cry rape, as people would say. I think that was the first time where it was wide that is like oh this is just a woman doing it for the money for the publicity yep. for this for that and i think that is like the main focus of when people now make that case today yep it's like oh well she's just pulling like a kobe bryant case or something like Look that what which is patrick awful. kane recently yeah it's it's terrible yeah, it's that awful. Does it shouldn't happen girl. on for both ends it shouldn't you know a girl shouldn't have to be made to feel that way and a guy shouldn't have to be dragged through the mud on a fa- false accusation it's terrible on both sides sure but uh, it is weird that like no one talks about it anymore. I mean, because it did kind of happen, and the people who really hate Kobe will always bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. So back to your point, ESPN will do the you know let's go through his house and let's see all the cool thing. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, we'll see that. But, stuff. but you know what? If that's his only be, you know besmirch thing, he came out as like this family man and like you know he he did kind of turn his image around and he's now is love. By a lot of people, and he bought his, his wife that twenty million dollar ring or, or whatever, something like, something yeah, like that. that. Is, something ridiculous. That I think it was four, but yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, and you know, as annoying as Lakers fans are, uh, and how much Cel- we as Celtics fans absolutely hate the Lakers, I can't exactly hate Kobe just because of what an amazing competitor he is. You can't hate greatness. 
No, it's like the LeBron James thing too. You, like, yeah, it's it's but, it's fun to hate him, but you gotta respect it. You and have he, to. He's gonna go down as one of the best basketball players ever, uh, especially in the modern era. He might be. I think some people might vote him better than LeBron. But what I like about Kobe better, I like him more than LeBron. I think just because he's that Michael Jordan. Kobe was in that Michael Jordan frame. That now what kind of Steph Curry is? They made them their self-made players. They're the guys that they have amazing amount of natural talent but they worked so goddamn hard for you know they were in the little gym rats shooting thousands of shots a day getting putting themselves in a position to be the best well i think you nailed it with being in a great position too it's really helpful to have Shaq on your team too yeah well, you know like ask Dwayne wade that you know like the only time they won championships including kobe was when Shaq was on the team yeah, true. you know and you're right being in the right position but you know you're right the, well didn't the they win another one after the celtics well they also had Pau Gasol and all those guys too yeah, but, but you're right. He, you're right. You're right. He, he, led, he certainly he, didn't do it by himself. You're right. He didn't. He did get one without okay. uh, Shaq. You're right. All right. Then what good player won one all no by one. himself? No one. But right. So that we're that not putting Kobe in. Michael like, Jordan had Scottie Pippen. We're not Dennis putting Rodman. Kobe Bryant yeah, and Luke on a pedestal and Steve above everybody Kerr else. Hitting threes. Yeah. Like so, it's a team game. So sure. You can't be like, oh well, you know, yeah. It's a team game. The teams win the championships. But when you're in the MVPs and stuff like that, that's Shaq. You're right. But uh, I would say never. Kobe was never a good teammate. He he played on a team and he know he knew his role and uh, played through it. But I would make say, his teammates better. I think a lot of people would say yes, based on the way he practiced the, court. the game. I think there's a lot of young guys that are like seeing the way that he prepares for the game, the way that he practices, the way that he you know mentally prepares himself. I think he helped out a lot of people uh, on the court. Did he you know was he the best? You know did he have an amazing amount of assists? No, no. <laughs> yeah. no, he not even no. close. No, but in fact, I just I. I like the discussion around him though because yeah. it is polarizing and it is you you do you get to see it. You can't you can't mess with that that post step where you throw the shoulder back and then he does that pivot foot step back oh, fade away. You can't of, stop that. Beauty. You, you cannot stop that. You can that. literally have it cuz you can put your hand you can he could be blindfolded and you still are playing defense on him and he'd still hit that 6 out of 10 times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or or the the pump fake and make the defender jump into you and then you jump into him and draw the foul every single time. Oh, the one that Paul Pierce refined perfectly. <laughs> That's another thing about guys uh, like a Paul Pierce too, and Kobe is the same. Is as they got older, they had to change their game to stay dominant. Right. They had to lose weight. They had to, you know, Kobe is like, you know, a couple of years ago, he's like, yeah, I had to lose twenty five pounds or like, you know, or for in season and I couldn't train as hard off season because I needed to make sure my knees were okay. And like that awareness I just think is amazing. And that's the same thing Paul Pierce did is learning better angles, knowing how to be a better defender, just knowing angles and knowing how to prepare. And Kobe did so I, I just love that aspect of like old school players knowing how to do that shit. And I just don't think there's that many guys now playing uh that are that fierce competitors. Yeah. Uh, you'll see. Oh that that was my phone going <laughs> off nice. while it's plugged in. Sweet, Michael James calling calling me back. Oh yeah, cousin, you said you cousin, called. Hey, I should I should shit. answer. Get him on the get oh him on the God. air. Yeah, that'd be um, but Sean, Sean, you mentioned something about old school and old school players, and we got one of the best tastes of old school wrestlers at WrestleMania this year. <laughs> and I want Bill because Bill was down. Like we get Stone Cold, the Rock. I want Bill to go through his whole weekend. First of all, the lead up to actual WrestleMania was was crazy, right, Bill? So talk talk about your your Dallas trip. 
Uh, as, uh, the lead up as far as what? What do you mean? Oh, just the you had um, like when I was in Dallas or before that. Or? You got the, the what time up. did you get up to get to the plane? Bill? <clears throat> no, I'm uh, saying you I, had I a day early. In the morning. You got there a day early. You spent a day there. You got some real barbecue. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thursday, uh, we we flew down Thursday morning. We landed in Dallas about ten thirty local time. So we had the whole day to pretty much do whatever we wanted to. Uh, and the Uber driver that we took from the airport to our hotel, we asked him uh, where the good barbecue joints and all that fun stuff around the area and uh he recommended this place called the pecan lodge and we went there and it was the most delicious barbecue i've ever had in my entire oh, life so it was i got this platter where you got a you got a pulled pork sandwich you got this big hunk of brisket and then this plate of mac and cheese with bacon and it was mac and cheese and re- bacon mac oh. ridiculous um so that place is really really good uh so then we moved on to friday and Friday we went to uh, the NXT Takeover show in Dallas, so that was a lot so like of fun. Like the Development League, yeah, the Triple A's, yeah, the Development League Championship. Yep, and for uh, for Tom Dutch, who's probably listening to the show, one of our few listeners, um, it was the same type of deal that they had in Brooklyn back in August with the NXT Takeover show. Um, so that show was amazing. The crowd was insane. Um, if you guys get a chance, you guys have my network password. Definitely check uh, check some of that out and just check out the crowd and, and the experience. And, and I'll when and you're done with stuff. this, I'll I'll thank you again and give you a little insight as to what what, what your password uh, afforded me. Oh but yeah, continue. yeah. Okay. Uh, Saturday. Um, let's see. I went to the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. That was pretty cool. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg was there. Um, Let's see who else was there. Did he get in? He got in. Yeah. Why? Huh? Uh, they have a, a celebrity. Has he been active? They have this celebrity wing that they have that they just put somebody in for the hell of it every single year. But to he's get been a celebrity been, to the. It's to get a celebrity to the, yeah. the award show, right? And he's been on several Raws. He's been on television quite a few times, and he actually is Shaq in it. Uh, Shaq is not in it, but he probably will be next year because of what happened at WrestleMania. Um, and then Snoop Dogg showed up at WrestleMania. Uh, to rap Sasha Banks. Yeah, I was going to say Sasha because, Banks, right? Because yeah. they are related. They are cousins. Really? Yes. Huh. I did mm-hmm. not know that. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he showed up. If you don't know, media. now you know. A Nevillepedia fact of the day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All, always about wrestling. Uh, so then Sunday, <clears throat> this is our big day, we we went down to, to AT&T Stadium, the biggest stadium. Jerry's World. Ever. Holy shit, that thing is huge. It's like a Death Star. Well, I saw your one foot, like... I saw a photo. You could it like is clear as day from the airplane. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were flying into Dallas, and I looked out the window to my left, and there it was. It's just, I could see the big AT and T logo right on top of it. Oh, I'm just like, Jesus, God. that thing is enormous. Um, but we got we got down to the uh, the tailgate. We were there for uh, Connor's Cure. It's a charity that uh, this young boy Connor Mahalik, who uh, who passed away of cancer, it was a big WWE um, fan. Uh, so it's a big uh, big cancer charity, which is really cool. Uh, they had a charity tailgate that we did our show live from. Oh, really? And uh, so we had. Oh, was that that photo again on Facebook? Guys, check out NAI on Facebook. There's a lot of great photos. So we uh, we were down at the uh, lot four outside AT and T Stadium, and we had over a hundred people at the tailgate. And, Whoa! And over, while we were doing our show for about an hour and a half, we had fifty or sixty people just surrounding the tent the entire time listening we had an open mic we had several of those people come over and join us on the show give their predictions all that fun stuff like we do major broadcasts for major sports radio stations and we don't have hundreds of, like or we don't even have a dozen people that stick around and watch it you know so to have that it that following and the people to stick around for that long right. is unbelievable it was really really neat it was way better than i ever thought it would be 
just having those people around. And, and if you go back and listen to our, uh, our WrestleMania preview, uh, pre-show on our uh, the New Age Insiders feed, you can actually hear the crowd a ton on on the feed. That's awesome so, like, ambiance. Yeah, so it, they're laughing at jokes and um, playing along with chants, and it's just, it's just a whole hell, hell of a lot of fun. And uh, Did you have fun? Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, hell yeah. It was so great. So then we went inside to WrestleMania, and uh, like I said, AT&T Stadium, holy Jesus, that place is enormous. You walk inside and you think you're going to see Darth Vader walking. It looks like the inside of the Death Star. Really? Um, biggest place inside I've ever seen. It's just a monstrosity. And that TV in there is ridiculous. 60 yards wide. Good Lord. From the 20 to the 20. That's wider That's that's wider than the width of a football field. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. That's absolutely insane. It's insane. Uh, and then the two TVs that bookend are 55 feet wide so even those aren't small by any standards and you were, and you were facing those right well, i was facing, facing one of those yes yeah. so we were sitting in one of the end zones uh, or behind one of the end zones looking directly at the ring with the set in the background now with that being so big and the ring only being as big as it is and i was watching so i know like the whole the whole entrance was quite the, the catwalk and all this <laughs> huge yep. staging from where you were sitting i mean it it was just you had to watch the TV the whole time. No, or? The, view, the view was surprisingly good. Yeah, uh, it was a little further away than I would have liked, but the view, like when you sit in a football stadium and you and you're watching the action, sometimes you need to turn your body and sort of rotate to see what's going on in on the field or yeah. whatever's going on. We had the perfect seats where we were sitting right in the middle behind one of the end zones. We were looking directly at the ring, and the set was r- directly in the background behind the ring. Oh, so that's So we were looking awesome. at everything the entire time. So they were coming at you down. Exactly. And then it was right there. That's, that's exactly. awesome. Exactly. And if, we, if the action spilled out of the ring and we couldn't see, we just looked straight up, and there was the TV right in front of us, and it was, uh, it was awesome. But the whole, the whole point of going to WrestleMania is to sit with 100,000 diehard fans and get that whole uh, experience of when you have major moments like this is awesome exactly <laughs> um there was one moment where uh, uh you guys watched the whole thing i think right i watched uh a, yeah a, a solid amount of it so the uh, the league of nations defeated the new day in yeah a, in what a, the hell in a tag team match uh and then the league of nations proceeded to get into the ring and say uh that, that no three men in history have ever dominated like they have and then all of a sudden Shawn michaels music hits and Shawn Michaels heartbreak kid trots out in his gear for the first time in seven years, and people were freaking out. Takes his shirt off and is ripped. Yeah. Has literally like a sixteen pack. So then Michaels is standing on the stage, and he stops. He looks back at the uh, at the set, and all of a sudden Mick Foley's music hits. And I met Mick Foley last summer, and that dude could not walk to save his life. He had a cane. He was limping around, and all of a sudden this trots out this version of Mick Foley, who supposedly dropped 60 pounds since last summer. Whoa. Um, and he's out there. For, I mean, he looked like an old dude, but yeah. he it looked okay. He did it for all mankind. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Patrick. And then, and, and, and then who came out? I'm going to stick Socko in your mouth. <laughs> oh, there you go. So then Foley proceeds to stop on the ramp and looks back, and I'm thinking to myself, who could it be? Because The Rock is scheduled to be there. Um, I knew that already, um, but I'm thinking to, uh, to myself, and I actually said it out loud on a video that I took. And I was, oh, I saw it. Did this. you guys see this? Yes, it's the greatest video ever. Um, so I was like, please let it be Austin, and then the the glass shattered, and I screamed like a little girl. Yeah, I have it right here, actually. Ready? Oh, boy. Please let me Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop coming. I'm sorry. 
What's was that? <laughs> I'm coming. It feels so good. Replay it. So I mixed I mixed it a little bit with Grandma's Boy, with the movie Grandma's Boy. So I mixed it a little That's bit. That's exactly oh, what yeah. I was feeling at that moment. Sorry, you weren't the only one in that stadium. Oh my god, that was so amazing. Uh, so that was the first time I'd ever seen Austin live, and, it and was he by came surprise. back with like a six pack, a beer. He came back with a Stone Cold IPA, is his own beer. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Chugging IPAs, yeah. Woo, well, baby. you know when when Austin drinks beers in the ring, about a quarter of the can goes in his mouth. So. Yeah, <laughs> I would say he probably drank a. a I saw total fully of like one, give one of the can because he was tossing the cans to the heart. You know, uh, Shawn Michaels did yep. it. Fully did, it, and then fully gave one of his cans to. Some kid in the crowd, and he, he was dressed been, as a clown. Yeah, who is dating Foley's daughter? Oh, okay. So that that explains that. All right. Um, so that whole moment just it, it took the the wind out of my sails for a little while. I was uh, I was a little overwhelmed with that hundred thousand <laughs> people freaking the hell out. Stone cold. That was me? when I signed in because I was like, oh crap, it started. Yeah. I saw the end of the uh, uh, you know the new day fight, yeah, and then there was like post, you know, they the other guys were like posturing and whatnot, and I was like, oh, hard. I didn't really get what was going on just because I was like just like just started yep. for me, and then I was just like, oh, it'd be so cool if Stone Cold came out now too because those are like I don't know many, but like I knew who Shawn Michaels was, I know who Mick Foley is, and I was like, oh, they're doing old school guys. I wonder if Stone Cold's. I said it to my girlfriend. I was like, I wonder if Stone Cold's coming out. And yep. Sure enough. And the pop when when Austin's glass broke was like, Shawn Michaels was like a seven and a half. Foley was like a six and a half. Austin was like a fourteen. It was it was insane, absolutely insane. How many more beers got sold? Oh my god! Like in that next five minutes, like how many people were like, "Oh, we're just this is it." I I can tell you one thing: I sat down uh, after that segment and And was like, "Wow!" And then the Miller Light guy came by the seats, and I've got two off of him. (laughs) Yeah, hey, my prediction was right. So sure enough, um, (laughs) but WrestleMania as a whole was incredible. Uh, Rock, uh, the Rock came out and did an awesome Cena, right? We had John Cena surprise during that segment. We had Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match. All right, so I was watching. So I used your thing, and as a joke on Saturday, uh, we were here. I think right, Pat. I was here. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, we were talking about WrestleMania. And I was like, "Case, do you want to watch WrestleMania?" I was like, "You want to get some Mania in tomorrow?" <laughs> like totally joking around. And she's like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, I do actually." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, are you serious?" She's like, "I don't know. You guys always talk about it. I, I just want to see what it's all about." Oh, that's awesome. I'm like, "I'm like, well, this is the spectacle. Yeah, of you're the watching the Super Bowl of it, yeah." Uh, you know, so I gave her my brief history. I know there's that uh, layman's the uh, video. It the wrestling ex- isn't wrestling. Thing. Yeah, wrestling yeah. isn't wrestling. That guy does a really good job. He does an excellent job. It's that really. Sl- I was like, oh, okay, because they, the whole Triple H story yep. and like everything that surrounds it, and it does a really good job. So I was gonna have her watch that, but then all of a sudden it started. So I was like, all right, let's just watch it. And we were kind of, it was kind of winded. I mean, a Sunday night, I was really tired, yeah. but I was like, I need to see this Taker Shane O'Mac thing, and it was going along, going along, and I'm like. When's he gonna jump off the cell? Yeah, when it, I was because I for knew it. it. Well, a couple I times he looked up. You know, you do the dramatic yeah, look up, and then <laughs> it starts crapping out. 
it starts because their internet up in a room stinks. Oh no! And we were using the Apple TV, and I was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" I was trying to get it on my phone; it wasn't working. I was like, "No, come on, come on, come on!" I need. And then finally, I was just like, "Nothing was working. Nothing was working." So then I was just kind of following along on Twitter, and sure enough, it exploded on Twitter. And I was like, yeah. right, "I'll just, I'll, I can watch the highlight tomorrow." But like, that was amazing. A, a little bit of a history lesson here. I thought for sure that Shane was never going to go to the top of the cell and jump off because. When the, the iconic images of Undertaker tossing Mick Foley off of the Hell in a Cell years ago through the table was only on a 15-foot cell. The cell that they use now is 20 feet. Jesus. So Shane w- was actually five feet higher than that and willingly jumped off himself. And then, mi- and then and, Taker and moved. through threw a table by himself. That's is. Even Insane. if there's like that table obviously had ru- was like rubbered out and yeah. like everything, you know, and he fell perfectly or no, actually, didn't he kind of hit himself a little he, bit? He, so he looked like he landed on his arm. So yeah. I thought I thought he might have broken the next his day arm. on raw. I think I think when he landed, he his his bicep hit himself in the face. He had a big bruise on the side of his face. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not surprised. But like every precaution, everything, you, he still jumped off without any sort of like. But ropes or anything like that. Twenty feet. Hope to I land- hit the padding. Or li- I hope I hit this human being. But yeah, I mean, he knew obviously he knew he was going to move. Right, right. But right. like, that's insane to me. Dear God, that man has a family. And it's all. It's one of those things. My you- God, he's broken in half. It's one of those things you only see at WrestleMania, which is uh, after the whole Austin thing and, and the Rock and Cena and and seeing that. It was just a very tiring, very tiring experience oh, emotionally. Bet. Oh, I bet. So, was, so uh, I just want to say thank you for giving me. Yeah, your, no yeah, problem. Thank you, buddy. Info, I enjoyed that it. That was awesome. I, I figured you so guys awesome. would at least check it out or wanted to check it out. So I figured uh, if I'm not using my my network codes, and then you stayed uh, on Monday to see Raw, right? Yeah, we went to Raw the next night, uh, and I saw some of your tweet. It wasn't like the best crowd, right? It was uh, the crowd was very vocal, but they were very annoying. Uh, uh, there's a, there's a huge international fan base that comes to WrestleMania. They travel worldwide. And it's a very soccer-ish crowd where they like to sing and chant, yeah. and, but not always about what's going on in the ring. Like somebody was bouncing a beach ball in in uh, in one of the sections, a menu beach baller, <laughs> right? And then somebody or, or the, like two or three sections just focused on that while somebody from NXT was making their major debut on Raw. And oh, Enzo Amari? Like, no, it was this guy named Baron Corbin. But those guys did uh, make their their debut a little bit later in the night to uh, confront the Dudley Boys, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. that clip that's pretty cool so the whole the whole weekend and and uh monday into tuesday was awesome um we had this we had this place called jonathan's oak cliff and uh i will never forget the experiences i had there um the best breakfast chicken and waffles i've ever had in my life fried fried chicken oh my god it was it was a giant belgian waffle with two hunks of fried chicken with this homemade gravy that they had holy moly (laughs) And the waitress that we had there was the sassiest, funniest uh, woman I've ever met in my life. Her name was Reba. Reba. Shocking in Texas. Yeah, of course. Said y'all every like three seconds. Um, But she loved us. We loved her. And we came back a second time the morning before we flew out to go go eat there and visit her again. And uh, she loved us just as much. And we took a picture with her before we left, and we told her uh, we're, we're going to put this on the New Age Insiders Facebook page. So I gave her a card and everything, and then she found the picture. She went to our page and liked the picture, and then she messaged me on Facebook and uh, was explaining that she she uh, learned so much about WrestleMania, learned so much about That's wrestling awesome. fans, and loves our, us Bostonians, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
So then I had uh, on our two our Wednesday show because we got back on Tuesday night late. Um, I actually had her surprise call in oh, to the show. Oh, that's awesome! So she uh, she surprised the guys that she great. was talking to them on the show. And I feel like even with that Texas sassiness and they're like been on like that. I I just feel like the mass a true sits Boston like attitude like just kind of like, mixes pretty well because yeah, it's yeah. like all right this lady wants to be crazy like we'll indulge exactly. back to each other we'll indulge yeah <laughs> and like we can we can hang you know i love that that's awesome it was great Ooh, child. Well, i'm happy for you man that's yeah. amazing it was such an amazing trip the only thing uh, that i regret about the trip is leaving uh tuesday and it was 82 degrees and when i got home it was 28 <laughs> yeah so yeah that, that really sucks. sucked uh that sunday monday was Brutal. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that snow. It snowed all day Monday. That sucks. And then I was able to get the hell out of town on Thursday morning. Went down to, flew down to Raleigh, North Carolina, nice. where Casey, and then to, and then Casey's cousin drove us to Wilmington, North Carolina, which is down on the beach. Uh, that's kind of inland. Well, it's not really inland, but then there's Wrightsville Beach, which is just like the beach. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, what was the reason you went down there? Just to hang. There was also like this thing, uh, you know, she's got a bunch of family down there. Uh, there was this Azalea Fest, which is this big cultural event. And they have like concerts every night in, in this like in, in the town. I saw the... Did Iggy it, uh, headline it? Yeah, no. Oh, hey. Um, <laughs> no, but Banks did. Azalea Banks. Nice. Um Saw the Avid Brothers, very good. Oh, cool. Uh, Snoop Dogg did uh, Friday night. Really? And then, yeah, I didn't see that, though. And then Travis Rice, is that is that like a country star? Do either of oh, you know? Me. I don't listen um, to country. Uh, was uh, on the Saturday night. And then went clamming, like, out. Oh, wow. Stuff. We picked up, there was like six of us. We picked up, uh, uh, like, 120 clams. That's and cooked awesome. up a bunch of them that night. Made, Earned like, your own pasta. dinner. Oh, it was I like awesome, that. dude. Um, watched a surf competition on Saturday. The waves weren't that good, but there were some kids. And there was like one of the neighbors of Casey's family. Uh, her aunt. This kid's like fourteen years old and is dope at surfing. So we were just watching him and like this kid. He, I mean, he weighs like one hundred and ten pounds and just like crushed this competition. Uh, so that was really cool to watch. And just like getting the hell out of town and like being able to like like sun and, and it was warmer down there. Just like a yeah, it was uh, the first day. It was like sixty eight, uh, which is like totally fine. I mean, I got better sunburnt. than twenty eight. Uh, I didn't really go in the water, but people they're like, yeah, the water's pretty cold, you know. And like, put my feet in the. And I'm like, this is Good Harbor Beach in the beginning of June. Like, I would easily swim in this right now. Sure. Uh, but overall, yeah, it was great. I had an awesome time. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Yeah, they just had a. Oh, they had a. He loves. <laughs> it was a corgi German Shepherd mix. So it was like a tiny ass German Shepherd. Oh, that's so funny. And we were, that's he so looked great. exactly like Dobby the Elf because he had like normal size ears and like a normal size nose, but just like a tiny, Dobby. tiny body. <laughs> and then they had a three legged dog named Sugar. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, nice. I guess it was the diabetes. Um, but the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Too many snowsages. Uh, yeah, so I had an awesome time. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. That's great. What'd you do, Pat? I did, well, I worked. Public addressed to oh, uh, yeah. softball games That's what's for up. Harvard softball. It's pretty good. Now batting, 
Um, but no, it was fun though. And then uh, this Monday we had the home opener at the Red Sox, which is always fun to be down yep. there at Fenway. You know, it always we're always down there really, really early in there for uh, till game time. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was fun, good atmosphere. It was a really shitty day in the morning, and then it just the skies opened up perfect, perfect baseball weather. Um, not a good game. They did they lose they lost by a home run off of their uh, big newly signed closer Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, he just um, left a David fastball Price, up way too hot. Or David right Price at, five innings, five runs. So not a very good ratio. He's there, gonna do okay. He's I am not worried. Constant at all. his every single season he's played, April has been his worst month. Yeah, yeah. So a he's lot of, only gotten better. This town cool. cracks me up. It's yeah. just they're so it's, negative. They're right seven now. games in, <laughs> and they're it's like, every, every get rid of Clay Buckholtz. Trade everyone. Get da, 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 da. you got a hundred and fifty-five games to go. Chill the fuck out. They're smashing. Please. They're mashing the ball. Right. Hillary Mayors is hitting almost four hundred right now. <laughs> yeah. So there's hundred and fifty-five games left for Pablo Sandoval not to get a home run, <laughs> but to get fatter. He got booed. Oh, that was funny. He and got then booed he... so hard. Yeah, you were there, right? Oh, so right there on the field. He got like... booed. Like it's legit. amazing. Like everyone. Like 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 it was a Rod coming up to the plate type of thing. When it, when it rains, it pours on that guy. Yeah. Oh, man. That he's, I help. mean, he's got to start producing, and then people, it, it, the, the tide will change, but he's got to produce. It doesn't help when you visibly break your oh belt buckle. <laughs> I love it that that was actually off. a thing. Did he you see the graffiti? missed the ball, and it just popped. Did you guys see the graffiti on the fist pole? Oh, no. Someone did a chart where it was games played, hits, Belts broken. So it was five games, zero hits, one belt broken. Oh my god! And it was Pablo Sandoval. It was like they made it almost look like a player's card. That's amazing. That's it, so funny. It was really, really. funny. And then some guy in Toronto, I was like, and he was down. You could see him on the television camera from like the on when they do like the side profile of a of a, uh, a batter, and he was like, "You want like you see you want a belt?" And he like. Open it up and it just like never stopped falling. It's like six feet, lo- six feet long. This belt with a buckle. He's like, you want it? That's so funny. That's so funny. Oh, so great. Um, but hey, all the big poppy stuff was really cool. Yep. Um, I thought it was great how they surprised him with his daughter singing the Star Spangled Banner. That was a really that was cool. Really neat. That was a surprise, surprise to him. He had no idea that was happening. Um, we all watched that live. Uh, his reaction, which was great. Um, thing that kind of hit me too that day was, um, you know, watching Dustin Bedroya. You know, he comes out and he does his normal. You know, he goes to second base and and, and gets some uh, some grounders from Butterfield. But you can tell everything's just a little bit slower and all that stuff. And then when you see him at bat, there's there's not that pop anymore. Like you can still see he's swinging hard and he's cracking it, but. Towards the end, and a lot of the guys do it at, the, at their last like two rounds. They go for it. Like I'm cranking one out of the monster. And I remember I've been very lucky. I've been doing it for years now, watching batting practice. And Dustin Joy always he never stopped a batting practice without getting at least like a home run or at least a, a crank. Yeah, he wasn't coming close. Ugh. He was he was getting like he's in his high line man. drives. Yeah. Like it just it just it didn't. And he's a beat up player. I mean, he plays so hard. He beats himself up. And I mean, as long as he could stay. You know, if he gets consistent batting, he doesn't really. I mean, if he hits 250 and he continues to field the way he does and he's not a liability, I, I think it's fine. But there's going to come a time when he's going to be totally deteriorated and not. I mean, like you said, he's not the player he once was, but I still think he's productive. And he's always been going about 150 miles an hour for his whole career anyway. And now he's in his ninth season, which is crazy. He's a rookie of the year in 2007. Wow. I mentioned his name earlier, but I think the. Not an. Not a surprise to me because I thought he was going to do well, but uh, based on spring training uh, rumors and things like that, uh, Hanley Ramirez showing up 
I mean, he's playing great. He's mashing the ball. Looks like he dropped about 25 pounds, too. Uh, yeah, they said he lost a bunch of weight. Uh, he said he was, I don't even know if he said he was going to, but he did, unlike Pablo Sandoval. Uh, I mean, he probably is the one that benefited the most from all this this circus that's surrounding Pablo because the focus was shifted from, it, when it, like I said, the spring training thing, it was like, oh, Hanley and Pablo, blah, blah, blah. And then Hanley kind of just went about his business and Sandoval just kept messing up and kept attracting more publicity towards him. And like I said, Hanley, I think, is hitting like 360 right now. Yeah. I mean, with like almost 30 at-bats. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on in the game right now. It's, it's only a matter of time before Pablo shift off to like Oakland or somewhere like that where and he's going to start mashing the ball yes, again. And because he's, he gets he's some been fat his entire career. Yeah. And he was a killer but in San Fran. I like his response. When he was booed, he started laughing and he kind of shrugged his shoulder like, okay, this is it. That it's, right there is the awareness like, okay, yeah, this is going to come. It's the pressure like, of Boston. He's not saying that dumb, a lot of dumb shit no. like other guys used to say when they weren't producing well. So he's like, you know, I think he's just focusing on the baseball and trying to produce. Yeah. Well, I think the Red Sox are doing a good job of trying to keep him out of the spotlight because of all the people and all the media trying to put him in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that you got all these quick little, uh, you know, uh, little commercial vignettes on Nesson. Um, and you, they, <laughs> They're highlighting all the different players, and they have like four or five different versions of these commercials, and you don't see any of Pablo in there. And you would think he's your the big panda coming he's in. He's supposed year, to be this guy. Million dollar yeah, I mean, guy. he's the big contract guy. Put him in front of people, but they're like, no, he'd take up the whole TV screen. <laughs> Um, but uh, it's very interesting, and, and Bill you and I was curved televisions. Yes. <laughs> so Bill and I were lucky. We actually, well, lucky, I guess. Uh, we did a cool event um, at a sports bar over by uh, Copley Square, a Red Sox Roundtable. Glad we didn't get lucky, though. No, not not there. Um, <laughs> not not at that place. But well, you two uh, aren't attractive enough. Shush. Yeah. All right. Well. That's right. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Get a little bear over here and mm-hmm. a little otter over here. I think they call it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Says the guy with the like the most bare beard you could get. Oh my god! Grizzly Adams did have a beard. <laughs> um, but no, the um, Sam Kennedy, the president of the Red Sox, were there, and he was getting asked all these questions. It was really yeah. interesting to hear, you know, because he knew he wasn't on air, but he was on air at the bar. Like there was and about it wasn't 100, being recorded. It wasn't being recorded, so he was a little bit more uh, open about it and saying, you know, like yeah, of course we're not going to try to put him in the spotlight. He's in a bad spotlight right now. Any spotlight's a bad one for yeah. him right now, you know. And, but uh, it was very interesting, and, and that event is cool now because we've done it the last two years, and it like totally starts the season for me because sure. it's just good Red Sox talk. And um, did you it, mention it's at a gay bar? What? What'd you say? Wait, it was not the one you're talking. Yes, about? yeah, Cathedral yeah. Station <laughs> over there at a gay bar. It was uh, yeah, it was great though. Um, it was it was quite quite animated. Um, very. But uh, yeah, so we did that. We've been gone for a little while, and you know. That's the thing. The last couple of weeks, it, it's kind of be a lull. You know, the NBA, it's like, oh, yeah, the Warriors are doing good. Da, 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 da. But now, actually, they're creeping up on breaking records. So, like, even tonight, they're going for, they're going for the, uh, what, the 73rd the win. The record. The most wins they're going to beat. And what stinks, too, because people like us in our generation, we grew up, like, you know, I don't want those Bulls things to ever go away. You yeah. Know, or like that, I mean, you they know. won't, but, yeah, you're right. But, like, tonight they will. You know, hopefully the Warriors will win, and then... I barely have... remember those those games those teams. I barely barely. Yeah, because you were like six years, seven years. Eight early, years old. It was the early to mid nineties. I mean, it was it was. I was. What was that? Ninety five, like, ninety six season. Yeah, was I think the... so. Yeah, I was ten, eleven. Like when I first started remembering yeah. basketball. Like I remember watching that and just watching Michael well, Jordan be like, he's really good. The six <laughs> you know? Bulls championships were between ninety one and ninety eight. Well, Pat, so. you were obsessed with Michael Jordan when you were younger. Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what kid wasn't, but I mean, even at the saying. tail end in nineteen ninety eight, I was only eleven. So it's, it's it's tough to remember 
those sort of things. Yeah, but then the thing is, when we're growing up in the years and years that you watch NBA afterwards, they're constantly showing those clips and show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and we the, did. Uh, the pump fake uh, fade away against the Jazz and oh, yeah. all that fun stuff. The push off against the yeah, he the push off. Yeah, he held it up there. Um, but uh, you know what? I'm excited because the, it, it'll keep you know. The NBA was getting a lot of scrutiny of just being, you know, bad. They only played a little bit in the first quarter, and then, you know, it was all selfish basketball, and you only want to watch in the playoffs and all that stuff. And there was some of that stigma yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, no, these regular season games are riveting, and they're actually well, playing, it, it, and it, it, much to the Warriors' uh, uh, fault for that. You know, not fault, but the uh, Warriors are a big reason for Yeah, that, I was going to say, I know? mean, when you have a team that that's talented with a guy that's a superstar like Steph Curry that can that is a human highlight reel. I asked my nephew on Monday, who's your who's your favorite NBA player or who's your favorite athlete right now? And he said he loves Odell Beckham, but like he he's like no, Steph Curry. Like right now it's Steph Curry. Well, yeah, I don't I good because you want a guy that you, that's a great role model for a kid to have. I mean, the kid the, he works his ass off. He's extremely humble. He's a he's a uh, humble-ish. Steph's starting to cross that line of the Pat. If you didn't miss and you were like oh. the best oh, basketball player, like you have to have a swagger. I would make two threes in a basketball game, and I would act like the most ridiculous <laughs> fool. You remember that? Dad remembers that. But I'm just saying, for how good he is, for and for how much more he could be, have swagger, he's a humble guy. It's true. He's not doing the dab. He's not jumping. You know, he's not. He's no Cam Newton. You know, pretending he's Superman type thing. But you know, I get it. I get it. Um, I really hope they get it. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. They'll. I mean, they are playing a really good defensive team in the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, but uh, I hope the Warriors do tonight. Do as well tonight as you did in your brackets. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, if that happens, then they're. Definitely going to get that record because your your boy over here and 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 mind you he didn't buy his pizza or anything for tonight just just let's just of course he out didn't there. He, he didn't even some... bring beer damn I don't drink during the week anymore that's a good point doesn't mean that, we that's don't a very good rule it's a very good <laughs> well rule I'm just have. surprised if you wanted beer believe me there's some in the fridge right now <laughs> actually there's none oh really <laughs> nope uh well I'll get you some beer next episode I'll make Arnold Palmer's sure are just fine of it I don't want um, your sympathy beers yeah so I won my uh, thank God to Nova, really. Uh, I won my office bracket uh, on basically on Sunday, on that Saturday games, because I, like I went, to, so I went to, I know, right? I mean, it's a week, week ago, week and a half ago, week ago Monday. Um, so ago. before even the national championship game, I already outscored everyone in my office bracket. So Monday morning, I got the, the winnings for my office pool. And then... Uh, the I needed Nova to win in order for definitely me for me to win because I'm not sure if the guy in second place if he had North Carolina as a winner so like that I think could have put him over the edge and I was I was like shit this game starts at like nine fifteen I was so pissed about that but just because I wanted to go to sleep but yeah that last dude I was going nuts. I, I was so happy when they hit that shot. And, uh, yeah, so I won that, and then that was a really big pool, and everyone threw in, like, 20 bucks. So I made a pretty, pretty penny off of that. Oh, nice. I was so – and then I was like, great. Now, not only is it late because the game was late. Also, that halftime of that game was uh, 35 minutes, I think. Wow, really? Yeah. So the game started at, what, 9.15? Yeah. The f- – First half ended at about ten ten oh five. And believe me, I was watching this. I was watching the clock, and I was like, "Oh, great! They'll have 
10, 15-minute halftime, 20-minute halftime at most. Though This game will be over by, like, 11.15. Awesome. Get to bed. Uh, no. it like At, like, 10.45, it tipped off or something like oh, that. Yeah. It was crazy. So, and then, of course, I'm coursing with adrenaline because I just won a boatload of money. And thank God the guy who, oh, hey, you just pulled a Sean from oh last God. week with his <laughs> mic arm just falling right off. Uh, and... The commissioner is like my old college roommate, one of my best friends, and so he Venmoed me that like it like dropped the shot like dropped. Everyone texted me like my dad. I didn't even know dad was still up. Uh, everyone like my girlfriend was like, "Oh, you're taking me out to dinner," <laughs> um, and he like instantly Venmoed me, and I was just I saw it like drop, and I was just, and transferred to the bank. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man, it was awesome, and I I don't never won. Uh, a pool like that. I've never won a yeah. fantasy thing. I, I came in second in my f- football this year, so I got my money back, which was fine. But I never, and then to win two in a row, I was like, all right. I, I was so That's happy. Insane. Yeah. We, uh, it was Monday night, so it was the same night I was at Raw in Dallas. And uh, we were walking out of the American Airlines Center in, in, in Dallas, and there was a sports bar that has like wide open windows that you can see right in. Mm-hmm. And this place was crowded as hell. Uh, they love their college sports down there. And uh, so we were walking outside when the game-winning shot was hit. Really? Yeah, and the place is going bananas, and it's a bunch of wrestling fans outside the window watching it, too. What is this ball sport? And, <clears throat> and so all of a sudden, this holy shit They're not wearing spandex? Out. Just like uh, when something crazy happens, like when Shane jumped off the cell, uh, this holy shit chant broke out throughout the entire outside patio area of the American Airlines Center. So everybody just said, holy shit, holy shit. Texas was the place to be that weekend, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All that stuff going on. That stuff in Houston. Houston. And then the WrestleMania and everything surrounding that was in Dallas. So I'll Mm -hmm. talk about my bracket. I, um, I started off very, very strong. Like very strong first couple of games, first little bit. So I'm I'm pretty much equating my bracket to Jordan Spieth's collapse here, oh, where boy. like I was going off so strong, almost like oh I'm going so well, going so well, and then just halfway through, or what, what would you say, maybe the elite eight or so, it just all went to shit. And you know what was it for Jordan? He had that uh, oh god, you know, quadruple bogey oh, on the twelfth you hole. Can't, you can't have a quadruple Amen bogey. Corner. You can't have a quadruple bogey at any round, nope. any day. During the Masters, the worst like, part is that he had a four-shot lead in that round. Oh my god, just horrible! How about Ernie Els not making the cut by two to three strokes or uh, something like that? And he, and he hit a f- seven ten. Putt. It was a yeah, it, it was, was a seven a ten, but and it was seven putt. And also, so and he's like doing that, like he's two feet away, like the one foot in the air, the one arm on the thing, hitting like oh, I'll clean this up, folks, and they just miss. Okay, I'll just do it again and miss. Oh, let me do it and miss. And then it just got comical, where he was just like, it "No, was, is this seriously happening?" Because you're right, he did he did like two or three of those, like you know, you don't set your feet, you go there with one hand, right. one arm, like let's just get this shalom. over with. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding up the people behind me. I got to get this going. And yep. then, no, you missed it another time. And yeah, it was uh, it was tough to watch. And then you miss the cut by two strokes. And I've never been, I've never had a seven putt in my life, but I've been there where you miss a couple of short putts in a row, and it's like it's mentally deflating. Oh, the exa- it's awful. The exact time you need to be more concentrating is you can't because you're so freaking right. mad. Yep. <laughs> that's amazing. It's like, it's a gimme. All right, it's a gimme. No, that, Sean, that's a four-foot putt. You have to putt it was that. Like no, it's a that, gimme. It was that seven-putt and then the quad uh, bogey that Jordan Spieth had on 12 was like, those two is like a me on the golf course. Like, putting it into the drink twice and then getting it up to the green. Like, oh, finally I'm on the green. 
Or it's like two good shots and I'm on the green and then I four putt. Or it's like I'm not doing that well. Yeah, it's yeah. So I know how they feel. Yeah, but I love I love. I don't know how their bank accounts feel. But but yeah, I know they feel. Ernie else doing just moments. fine. Yeah, so doing... is Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth lost almost a million dollars yep. in that hole on that hole. Yeah, Danny Will, Danny Willett took home the the green jacket, which is uh, no one saw that coming. No, uh, and because of Jordan Spieth's collapse, I didn't win the Masters pool, so I was not very happy about that. So my <laughs> other buddies were like, "Yo, get in this Masters pool, like keep keep your heater going." I'm like, I, "No." Because uh, no. for having the champion, which shocked me, out of a, a pool of 18 people, only myself and one other person picked Jordan Speed. What? Right? So you got a, you got a bonus uh, if you had the champion on your team, a, a minus three shot bonus. So if Jordan Speed had won, I would have won the pool. But since Jordan Speed didn't win and somebody else surprisingly had Danny Willette on their team... Um, they ended up winning the Masters pool. He was probably like the tenth guy. They're like, oh, was it ten guys? Uh, it was six. Oh, six, and they had Danny Willett. Yeah. Well, because what what you do is probably a kid it, named Dan in the office. Oh, was, I like Dan. Danny. Let's pick the, Danny. There was a ranking where you picked one player from the top five of this ranking, and then another player from six to ten, and then another player oh, from okay from eleven to fifteen. So Smiley on, so on. Kaufman. And then uh, the, the last one was like 30 or below or whatever it was. So That's somebody strange. just randomly picked Danny Willette for some reason well, and hey, won choice. the fucking pool. That's amazing. Yeah. So props to that guy being super lucky, whoever that was. That is just true luck. Like, I think I did a pretty good job of choosing my sure. teams, and I got a couple of the upsets correct on my thing, but that's just straight-up luck. Now, Jordan Speed's going to be fine, though. He won two majors last year. He was in contention except for one hole for this year. Uh, almost a back-to-back, wire-to-wire champion for well, first time ever. He's not going to be an endangered Speed. Yeah, there you go. That was um, just to count a little bit. The Danny Will thing, yeah, Ugh. it's a little bit of luck, but he also didn't have one bogey the whole oh, played, four rounds. Oh, yeah, you don't have I was one saying bogey. The guy got put the him down. Him. The oh, person who picked oh, him. Okay. Danny Will oh, right. played amazing golf. Just, he deserved the win. Crap. Yeah, because some people are like, oh, he, he just put himself kinda... in a position where if a guy collapsed, he was like, he was already playing good enough golf that he's he was right there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry, I totally I wasn't messing. I'm still messing with this fucking equipment. He didn't hit a single bogey. It was just pars and birdies? Yeah, whole time. <laughs> wow. Very time. impressive. Whole time. Also impressive that Jordan Spieth can hit a quad bogey and still be under. Like, I don't think we get, though, like, we'll go to this par three down down the yes, street and wait. stuff like that, and we'll play. That's what we like, the golf cast. And, like, you, they'll, yes. they'll, put, like a, they'll put a hole, like, near the sand and be like, ooh, this is a tough hole. You see some of those holes in Augusta where it's, like, the green, like, it doesn't really end. It just, like, you know, you get that light rough where like, it's, like, a, but it just, can, it's, like, a someone shaved head where it's just, like, straight, straight yeah. down. Like, like we go to a place like that and you, like an you inner hit it city off the green. Fade. You hit it off the green and, and that, that, that rough kind of stops That's your sense. ball for you yep. and gives you a good shot. They don't have that Augusta. Nope. It just keeps going, bro. Ugh. Like this keeps going. So that's why you know. So like my wife it is like, oh, one how of can the you toughest. Wa-? She's like, how can you watch golf? It's so boring. I'm like, think about the hand eye coordination. What they're doing with a metal rod hitting a ball with all of this stuff in the way. And mind you, thousands of people watching you on hand, and millions of people watching you on those cameras that you see everywhere. Yeah, yeah you so are. You're not going to get distracted by Jim Nance talking though, because he is whispering. Welcome. <laughs> hey, Jim, you're in a studio, pal. Imagine, imagine being Jim Nance. Last three months, he's called the Super Bowl, the National Super Championship in basketball, and the Masters. Ah, he's got to buy a lot of ties, huh? Man. <laughs> Just killing it. Killing it with CBS. Did, did he have his tie to Danny Willa? Or no? I don't, I don't know. know. 
I love people who are killing him on that. You know, let the guy have a little tradition. It's fine to have the it's fine to have the tradition, but for him to be for him to then I think what people were pissed about is like he was instantly like he like gave it a Regina or a I don't know, spit it out, Archidiacono. His mic did not skip right there. Just mind Arch- you, Richie Ar- Archidiacono. Incognito. Yeah, exactly. Richie Incognito. So uh, like he gave it to him and then turned around and did a presser for it. And then basically was like, you know, I like to give it. And then like it was, people were like, why do you have that around you? Why do you have a a, a tie around your neck? He's like, oh, Nance gave it to me. And the, and then he's like, you know, it's a it's a little thing I like to do. And I think people are giving him crack about him being like, you know, it's uh, it's a little something I do. But he's just like, I don't know. Nah. What pisses me off is it, I don't it, I personally don't have a problem. with It that. turned a little cool. bit of the spotlight on him. Like, look at the cool thing I did. But it's like, can you let the kids have the spotlight? It's the last basketball game, so these kids are going to play. Let's the let one, them have the spotlight. The one thing I, I do listen like the bar the one barstool writer Big Cat is kind of like he made a good point about it. I. Personally, don't have a problem with it. I think it's actually kind of cool. But he is just like whenever he's basically being like, "Hey, in all your memories of you being like this amazing kid, you know, this kid that wanted to play at Villanova your whole life, you finally did it. You were a captain for four years. Your senior year, you played an amazing game and you won the national championship. You had an amazing run through the tournament. Hey, remember Jim Nance's tie? <laughs> like, Jim Nance. That's that's me. But to uh, your point, and then, like you know what I mean. So but it's to like your he's point, right there, it's kind of like, come on, man. Well, to your point, what's he? What's that kid? Like you're right. That kid worked his ass off, got all that, all the accolades, all that stuff, all the spotlight. What's he going to be remembered for? Sweaty fucking red necktie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a tradition him. unlike any other. Nice. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. That is oh amazing. My God, where are we at? Do we want to get the WTF news or what? Do, what do we got? What do yeah, you we can do that. Just give me one second so I can pull it up. Yeah, no problem. I have no idea we're on the time here, but we're episode 60, fellas. Pretty pumped. Yeah, man. This is amazing. Uh, So I guess I'll, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to figure out. You guys have your articles, right? Yeah. Ready to go? Yeah. Do this? Yeah, let's Uh, do it. All right, here we go. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of WTF news, the stories that make you say, what the f***? WCF, mate. What the fuck? This is WADD Talk Radio's wild world of what the fuck? Well, my what the fuck article comes from San Francisco, California. San Francisco. Uh, dealing with something that is already what the fuck, their housing market, and how absolutely crazily expensive it is to live in, in that amazing. city. Uh, my buddies, Two of my buddies live out there. Luckily, they have two really good jobs. They do well for themselves. Uh, so they don't really have to worry about it, but... Guys like um, uh, this man, what's his, his name? Sean Connery. Peter Berkowitz. Um, would you think he'd wrong. have the whole money thing figured out? But uh, he lives in a a box. Now, I know a lot of people in San Francisco live in boxes outside, uh, but he lives in a box inside an apartment. <laughs> Whose apartment? Inside his buddy's apartment. So he's he <laughs> created this plywood box that he parked in his friend's living room. Pretty much a masturbation room. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, well, basically, he yeah, has to pay only $400 privacy. a month. I need my privacy. To, <laughs> just coming, I'm coming <laughs> out soon. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so he pays $400 a month to squeeze into this 32 square feet of space this box that has, um, you know, it seems like it's got uh, a little place to sit. It's got his mattress and everything like that. He's totally happy with it. Um, does he have Wi-Fi in there? I'm sure he does. Now, the average rent for a one-bedroom apartment is 
$3,590. So almost $3,600 a month. a one bedroom? For a one bedroom. Is that a studio apartment or is that a one bedroom? It's a one bedroom. You get a, you get a, a bedroom. I think it's a bedroom a and a thing like that. It's probably like, that's the average too. So there's more and there's less. Um, now, it got picked up by like the London Guardian. It got picked up online. So people were like, oh, this is crazy that this... Uh, he said that he might begin selling his custom pods, which is very entrepreneurial of him and very San Francisco of him. What does he pay? $400 a month to his buddy so that he can live in this box in his living room. It's kind of his space, but that's only where he keeps his stuff where he sleeps. Now, the city of San Francisco's chief housing inspector, Rosemary Bosk, of course. Uh, said that the pods are illegal in violation of housing, building, and fire safety codes. Uh so basically, him being like, "Look at me! I pay so much less in this totally expensive city, but even though I live in a box like the homeless people outside, uh, they're like, no, that's illegal." I have a fire extinguisher in there, though. Uh, so, and people, he's like, "I'm totally happy. You know, I like my job. I'm saving a bunch of money, and this and that." But it's like, dude, if you have to resort to living in a goddamn box, that is, it's basically the equivalent of like um, the cardboard box that uh, a new fridge comes in. Like your fridge upstairs, like the box that that yeah. came in, is basically where he lives. I mean, yes, it's inside another apartment, so I get, I bet he, you know, I bet his friend doesn't like you can't sit on the couch, you, you know, and he has a kitchen and a bathroom and everything like that. But like, dude, just like if you can't afford to live in the city, don't live in that goddamn city. Yeah, that's 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 the key thing, you know. I just don't get it. So that's my true what the fuck, and then and then the the grand scheme of what the fuck is. <laughs> The San Francisco city uh, housing market. Yeah, I agree. Just totally you. insane. Absolutely insane. What do you got, Bill? Wow. Uh, this comes from our our dear friends out in the Midwest in Iowa, where Iowa ninth graders girls uh, hire male stripper for their swimming banquet. What? Yes, I don't know. My ninth Phelps graders traveled down there. <laughs> <laughs> ninth graders. So we're talking 13, 14 year old girls were able to somehow hire a male stripper for their for their swimming banquet. Uh, One of the cool moms did it for him. A Des Moines, Iowa uh, school district spokesman has confirmed that ninth grade girls hired a male stripper to perform at their school's synchronized swimming club's annual banquet. Uh, On Wednesday, district spokesman Phil Roeder says the Roosevelt High School principal will decide whether the girls violated school policies and punishment is merited. They they were able to somehow get a stripper at the age of 14. I don't know if one of the parents did it like you said. It doesn't say here, but oh, it's almost like the the city uh, underbelly of the sex world uh, right. would just, you know, not take all this money. And I'm not saying the 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 escort company or whoever they ordered the stripper from has any morals, but Jesus Christ, why are they sending somebody to to perform for 14-year-old girls? Were they taking shots out of vodka that came in Poland spring bottles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Probably. I got um, Diet Coke and vodka from my mom. It, it's it's absolutely amazing. Uh, Graham Gillette's daughter is a member of the swimming club and says the girls employed the stripper as a joke. Um, they fully intended to see uh, his little swimmers. everything under the speedo. <laughs> Hopefully not his little swimmers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, that man. too. Um, so uh, just imagining, um, knowing people who have gone through swim class and all that stuff. Just imagining. Fourteen-year-old uh, girls that I know hiring a stripper, a male stripper, to perform for them is just mind-boggling. It's just, well, you know knowing is? male strippers, I um, will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just you know what it is. It's just off the deep end. <laughs> oh, nice. That was a real shallow joke. Nice. <laughs> really? They just swim around up there, and sometimes they come out. You know, <laughs> they just wanted to play sharks and minnows. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so that, that story definitely made me say what the that's fuck. That's a true what the fuck right there. Yeah, that's a fishy situation. Um, so uh, mine, comes out of, mine comes out of southern Brazil. Uh, two would-be robbers left a shiny impression on uh, on police in southern Brazil. Oh, yeah? When they chose an unusual form of camouflage, they... Their their intention was to thwart the the bank lasers or the bank security thing and Fucking laser beams. <laughs> they wrapped themselves fully from head to toe in aluminum foil, uh, and it, no, it was not a Reynolds wrap commercial or one of those <laughs> marketing schemes because you never know nowadays. But uh, Just they protecting noticed themselves from Zika. Oh, they they first of all they. <laughs> They, they they failed to notice the the security cameras and and it, it captured obviously everything then but they, they broke down one of the walls um, and they they kind of kicked one of the alarms or something like that but just they really thought that they were gonna thwart these like like you know they probably watched like a a, a movie like a James Bond movie or something like that and you see if they go like a th- around the or something <laughs> yeah exactly like that that doesn't work that you know that that works for MacGyver that also work for you. if you're covered in aluminum foil like. That's loud. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's, it's shiny. You're reflecting the light off of everything. People are going to notice that. You know, usually robbers wear all black. You just thought they were like big bank conspiracy theorists with tin hat, <laughs> but just, hats? But like, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, Obviously, if you're making the decision to rob a bank, you're probably not right in the, in, in the right mind frame. True. Um, so, you know, I guess it, t- it makes total sense. You know, obviously it doesn't. It makes us say, what the fuck? Um, Those people but, probably thought tinfoil works in the microwave, too. Yeah. <laughs> We probably should start chewing it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so, guys, episode 60. That's, yeah. that's awesome. You guys got to get at us here. We're cool, the 60 minutes music. Yeah. So, a clock, Sean? The sound of a clock. Yes. Yeah, perfect. You can do it as we as we go out there on there. Uh, Facebook.com slash WADD Talk Radio. Twitter is at WADD Talk Radio. I'm at Eaners Wiener All E's. I'm at Have You Seen Heen. And I'm at Bill Neville NAI. Talk to you next. Run, 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 run away Oh, psycho killer Let's get sick